You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast following a 2-1 defeat on home ice on a Saturday afternoon to the Anaheim Ducks. I'm Ross Levitan. With me is always Brandon Piller and recurring guest of the postcast at Laleem's Martian. You can follow him there. You can follow us on Twitter at Send Central. Pilsy, your initial impression after what I thought was a well-played game. Weird, Pilsy, you got the you got the mute on. You must be the. There we go. Mute. I'm back. I'm back. Dash this one is on a... shift one. Let's <laughs> go. That's tough start. Yeah, Pilsy. It, it was an early day for me. I'm here in the rainforest now, though. All right. My initial thoughts is John Gibson stole that game for the Anaheim Ducks. Like the Sens threw everything they had at him. They had amazing chances. I thought their power play looked really well. I thought they were jumping on rebounds. Everyone was contributing at, with shots from all angles. Like it was really another incredible game by the Sens where the process is there. They just can't quite squeeze out the results. And I guess I'll go I'll go for my second thing is we're now seeing that the Ottawa Senators are an exceptional second period team. Like they always seem to come out flat in the first and then the second period they dominate. So this has been a pattern that has been positive for sure. It's just Man, they're just not able to get over the hump, and they can't get that crucial goal when they need it. Marsha, did you see that's a third straight game the Ducks have allowed more than 40 shots on goal? Not really too surprised about that. When you have a tendy like that, you, you tend to play a little fast and loose. So John Gibson in your net, uh, I guess the boys are are confident you know, letting him take some chances for them. So that's going to be fun as a player, knowing you have a guy like that who's who's ready to, you know, stop the puck for you when you do screw up because that Ducks team defense, ooh, I don't know about it, guys. Uh, they they looked pretty shaky to say the least. If, they, if, if we had a goalie swap today, I think the score could have been a lot different. No question. I think you might have to put a five, six, seven spot up. The amount of chances that Job yeah. Gibson turned aside, as DJ Smith said, their goalie put on a clinic. That was the difference in this afternoon's game. 44 saves for John Gibson. His best for my money was on Adam Goddett on a beautiful passing play. Ennis to Shabbat to Stutzla. Cross-seam pass. But John Gibson stayed with it every step of the way. The other best opportunity, I don't know if it was the best one to get hmm. past him, but Austin Watson <laughs> himself out on the breakaway. Also deep to John Gibson. Have you guys did you guys notice it all today with Gibson? When he makes that initial save, he kind of has his momentum falling backwards. And then he does so well at like maneuvering while he's on his back. I thought that was a tremendous kind of style that I noticed from Gibson today. He's a hell of a goalie. It's weird, eh? He kind of like strafes backwards as mm -hmm. he's making saves and he's able to control his body. He must have incredible core, core strength, is what yeah. that probably is, right? Craig um, Anderson esque, is it not? A little bit. Very. Yeah. I mean, not the biggest guy ever, is he? I, I don't even know. I don't no, even know. Six his, two, probably. Yeah, I don't know what his dimensions are, but yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of Anderson esque. I don't know his dimensions. <laughs> hey, as you can tell from the mood, like it's a regulation loss in the grand scheme of things. What's the difference when you see the effort yes. was there? And it certainly was today. You look at 45 shots to 20 for the Anaheim Ducks. And man, if you just get a couple saves, no, like I know we're a goalie friendly show. We're before we get to what actually happened, the execution in the game. I think we were all a little surprised that it wasn't Matt Murray today. Were you not, Pills? I was a little surprised, but I mean, if you're DJ Smith, uh, a weird matinee time game, 
maybe doesn't uh, really set up Matt Murray to succeed. We know maybe his preparation and him knowing if he's ready for a game takes a little longer than other goalies. So maybe it was a point like, hey, you don't have your usual routine. You don't get your afternoon nap. You don't get all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go with Forsberg here just to make sure I'm setting you up in a comfortable spot. And can you guys hear me all right? I swear I'm not muted this No, time. no, you're good. I'm just having fun <laughs> at my own expense because I always get caught caught sleeping. With happens the to the button. best of us. Happens to the yeah, best of us. Yeah, and Martian's got to work a quick mute button too because Hansel likes to pop his nose and sound in here. And you got... You got the the bravest people in Canada making noise outside too. Yeah, I, I live right downtown, so I have the truckers for freedom oh, right geez. outside my door here. So yeah, if my dog barks, I apologize. That's so embarrassing when that happens. So man, hopefully he doesn't. He should be good. He's tired. So. It's all good. We're a dog friendly show too. Goalie friendly, dog friendly. Hundred percent love dogs on this show. That is a fact. All right, now to get into the game, and again, if you're listening to this on Sunday morning. Although, I mean, matinee games are great for that. You actually get to kind of soak up afterwards what's going on. Watch It's Hockey Day in Canada, which I didn't know about until I saw the feature on Igor Soklov. We'll never get tired of that story. Could listen to him all day. And now, Martian, it was you that mentioned on your Twitter, at Leems Martian, that he's not our little secret anymore. Now that's national news. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's just being introduced to him for the first time watching that segment it's impossible for your heartstrings not to be getting plucked as that's going on. And, and it's impossible not to cheer for a guy like Igor Soklov, who is, you know, as, as salt of the earth as he is, I honestly think that they should start a program for international players where they put them all through the East coast and just make them learn what it is to be like, nobody is as Canadian as the people on the East coast with the friendliness and just the, the vibes. He he's so integrated now for a guy who came here not speaking any English, and now all of a sudden he you can't shut him up now because he's so <laughs> like you know he he's totally comfortable, which is what exactly what you want for a guy who's brand new to a whole new country and language and city and town and whatever family, all of it. It's all brand new to him, and so for him to be able to come in like that and and to be what he is now, only whatever it is four or five years later, is incredible. I couldn't agree more. Another guy who's seemingly more and more comfortable is Adam Gaudet, not only at the offensive end. He was dangerous again today, I thought. Didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have the points that he's been putting up in recent games, but certainly looked comfortable. But the reason I bring him up is because right off the bat, and guys, five shots on goal for him. I, I really like seeing that. A little extra confidence, a little more ice time, almost four minutes on the power play. We'll touch on how the power play looked good but didn't produce as uh, kind of contradictory as that could sound. But Adam Gaudet got this game started with little fisticuffs, Marsh. And I'll go with you on what you thought, not only about Gaudet's fight, but Josh Brown's fight. These two teams, top three in the league in fighting majors. So no surprise that you're trying to gain a little energy in an empty building on an afternoon affair. Yeah, you, you've made the comparison in the past that he's a bit of a Mike Hoffman style player. And he's a bit of, a, I would say, like a, offensively, he's a Mike Hoffman light. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've never seen Mike Hoffman dominate in a fight like that before. So it was kind of nice to see, uh, you know, him chuck him. That's kind of the identity of the team. And he's he's trying to embody that, I think, with a fight like that. It's like, we're not going to back down to anybody. I don't care who you are. I'm a healthy scratch half the season. That doesn't matter. I am going to punch you in the face. So I I love to see that out of uh, Adam Gaudet showing that fight early. And then, yeah, like you said, tons of good chances out of him. didn't notice him on the defensive side of the ice, and that's what you want from him. So, yep. um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I was I was definitely happy with his game again. I don't think he's going to be getting pulled out anytime soon with the injuries we see. We need that offensive power that he can he can sometimes cause a lot of havoc in front of the other team's net, things like that. So, um, yeah, great great tilt from him. And then if you want me to touch on the Josh Brown fight as well, love to see that out of big Josh Brown, right? Taking on a guy who is in his weight class and Buddy Robinson, who I think is actually even two inches taller than Josh Brown. So you know his um, dimensions, eh? I know his dimensions. Well, yeah, former senator. You got it. I know my guys. I got my guys. Yeah. I don't know many ducks. Okay. <laughs> I do know Buddy Robinson and nice. Jason Silverberg too, but won't get into that. Ooh. Buddy Robinson uh, is, and he's no slouch either. He's not a Logan Brown tall guy. He's he's no pushover. He's not made of glass. Buddy Robinson can chuck him too. Um, yep. So big challenge for Josh Brown and. Uh, at a time in the game too, where it's kind of a sketchy time to fight. Uh, when you're, when you're, you know, the momentum was kind of in Ottawa's favor. It was a tie game. Uh, if if Josh Brown goes down hard and gets knocked out or something like that, like that's a big momentum swinging fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did a really good job standing in there, and not only standing in there, but he got the takedown and he, you know, he threw a few hammers at the end. I think uh, Buddy's going to be feeling that. Speaking of um defenseman in this game josh manson only played 516 before leaving the game did not return after getting a huge hit from brady kachuk near the end of the first period so you do have to give some stick taps to especially cam fowler who was up at 28 minutes although those are rookie numbers for thomas shabbat again leading this game in ice time playing 29 16 verbal meme guys you know the two little kids who are running at each other with a hug? Looks like they haven't seen each other in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's the cutest meme on the internet. One. Yeah, I've oh, seen yeah. it. That's going to be uh, Thomas Shabbat running at Jake Sanderson when he joins him in Ottawa. Like, oh, please, <laughs> come on. take some Are you sure that's not going to be him running at Colin White when he comes back? <laughs> hey, that's by the way, both of those two, Thomas Shabbat, Colin White, will celebrate their 25th birthday yes. tomorrow yeah. as well, born on the same day. Three sets of senators have the same birthday in the month of January. Let that sink in. Isn't wow. that weird? Very weird. Stutzla and Tyler Boucher, both January 15th. Oh, okay. I, I thought you t- were talking about cr- current guys on the roster. No, no. Because really then we found this out. Latimer and Tyler Clevin, both January 10th, and then Shabbat and White, January 30th. Just an absolutely meaningless stat, but that I found very strange. So we'll throw that in there as well. We're about to get to our Send Central standouts in this game. Again, the final score, 2-1. For the Anaheim Ducks, Rickard Raquel gets the opening goal. First goal of the game for the Ducks. And then Tyler Ennis, one of the best to ever lace him up. It's not even close. And that pass wasn't even close. But the way Tyler Ennis was able to knock it down, spins, fires, scores. Unbelievable effort. He gets the goal. Lassie Thompson gets his fifth assist of the season. Thomas Shabbat, his 19th game tied at one after one. Same score after two period. But the problem is, when the Sens are tied or trailing after two periods, they only have two wins in 20 games. But when they're leading, they've got 11 wins in 13 games. So they had that great power play opportunity at the end of the second period, weren't able to capitalize. And to make matters worse, they weren't able to capitalize on a power play to start the third period again. Now say what you want about the dry, Drysdale up over the glass. It's not the game breaker. What was was Troy Terry taking all that momentum and just on a, on a rush from outside the hash marks. Now, that leads me to what I want to bring up for you, Pilsy. As a goalie, how deflating can it feel as you let the team down twice in this game? Two goals that just should not go in on a National Hockey League tendy. Yeah, that's tough because both of those goals you do expect Forsberg to save. 
I'll give him a little bit of um, a bit of forgiveness on the first goal. That's just a play where he slips up on his uh, pushover from the post to follow the wraparound. And then he's not quite set in the right spot. It happens. So that one I'm not too upset about. But that second one, that's one where Holden is doing a great job of holding off uh, Troy Terry there. He's doing exactly what he needs to do, driving him wide, trying to get the stick in the lane there. And Forsberg's just not quite ready for that kind of shot. And that's the thing the Senators need here is they need someone that can just, a Josh Norris, a shoot first center that can just go down the wing and rip a shot and beat a goalie like that. But they weren't able to do that tonight. And you got to feel a little bad for Holden too, because he probably feels like that one's on him as that was his guy. But I thought he played it fine. It was just Forsberg didn't quite uh, quite get there in time for that save. Martian, what do you think the worst goal was to allow? The first one where you drop a bit of momentum after that dominant first 10 minutes and it just squeaks through five hole or the way that the game winner ended up going in? Definitely the first one, in my opinion. Uh, I, I see what you're saying, though, Pilsy. He did He did kind of, I don't know if his stick got caught or something happened where he was I think he tried his... to push off the post and his skate wasn't quite there and then he pushed against yeah, nothing and, and then his leg slips out. Of these. He kind yeah. of like did a little wobble and then his, his stick was out of position. So I ended up going five hole, but at that time of the game and with the senator's track record for allowing the first goal, uh, that was the one that I was really hoping that he could have stopped. When you first started talking about that Pilsy, I for sure thought you were going to say you were going to give him leeway on the second goal because of where Holden's stick position was. Um, he kind of, instead of corralling him to the outside, like he could have, I think he kind of fought like kind of threw his stick out in front of the shot and I don't know if his stick touched it. It doesn't really matter. But just yeah. that, that, and again, I'm not the goalie on the show, but you guys tell me if, you know, if someone's taking a shot and your defenseman throws a stick in front of it right as it's being released, yeah, even point. if it doesn't touch it, I feel like that could definitely affect the, like, trajectory of the shot or I don't know. But, it, like, that that one too, again, like, stoppable from where he's being shot at from. His angle was fine. It went right over his, his right shoulder, which was, like, a weird placement yeah. for that shot too. I, I kind of give I give Holden a bit of blame on that goal. Okay. Um, but again, like if and I Matt like if Matt Murray was starting tonight, I think we see a completely different outcome. I think we okay. might have seen another Matt Murray shutout. <laughs> yeah. Was that crazy? No, no doubt. He's been playing. Oh, it's it's wild, man. It's it's tough to see too because now you have the back to back coming up Monday and Tuesday. So what? Now Forsberg's going to be the guy who plays two out of three games? Because I don't think you're going Matt Murray back-to-back against Edmonton and then on this the road. This time you don't think so? You're I a gun that last time, eh? This time, Ross. I mean, why they've got a week Forsberg? off after. But why do we play Forsberg two to three games? That makes no sense either. Yeah, that's The only point. thing is are you trying to boost his trade value, but then games like this do the exact opposite. Exactly. I, I think you got to go Murray-Murray, especially if he plays good the first game. Wow. I've called Murray to start like four times in a row and I'm one for four where he I think, I think here's what I think. I think Zach Burke and Murray have a really strong relationship and I think they're calling their own starts. I think Murray is, is picking so his starts and I think he sees that 1230 matinee and I see a guy who's got his routine yep. totally screwed up by waking up and having to go to the rink immediately to like prepare for a game, no pregame mat, uh, nap, no pregame skate. Uh, Matt Murray, probably a major creature of havoc, like most goalies are. So, uh, I think Matt Murray's making these calls and I think we got, correct me if I'm wrong. I totally could be, I haven't actually looked at the schedule, but two evening games in a row, maybe. Yeah. Monday, so, Tuesday, Monday on home ice against Edmonton, seven o'clock and then seven 30 on long Island 
at the new yeah. barn. First time playing at the new barn. Yeah. So you maybe know? that's a little more manageable for a guy like Matt Murray who decides yeah. that, you know, I, I will I can do two in a row, but let me have my routine. Symbolic on Dominic Hasek's birthday. Uh, we know <laughs> Mr. Load Management in uh, in his time in Ottawa. All right, we're going to bring on Bill, you want to sing happy birthday to Dom Hasek? I know he's your guy. I mean, it's true. I, I won't sing it, but I'll definitely uh, give him a shout out because he, he really is my guy. And uh, Ross, that video you posted of Hasek being introduced as a senator was all time. Oh you boys God. see what time I posted that at? Story for another day. It was an early morning. Alarm went off at 3.30 this morning. So we're here now. We watched the game. It was perfect timing. Shift ends. Game starts. So worked out well. And we're going to do our Send Central, Send Central standouts right now. And then we're going to be joined quickly by the host of Locked On Ducks. We'll get the opponent's view and Talk about sends abroad here. Jacob Silverberg, Buddy Robinson, Derek Grant was out there doing his thing today as well. But clearly, without saying, John Gibson, first star of this game with 44 saves, some highlight reel ones at that. And just whenever there was a, a momentum shift, and you got to think those power plays had a lot to do with it. The Senators 0 for 3 with the power play right now. They're 1 for their last 16 <sighs> which is too bad because you don't really see an end in sight with the guys who are all out of the lineup right now. Um, Pilsy, I think it's your turn to lead us off with your Send Central standout. All right. Well, I, I'm going to go with the chat here, and people are begging to hear about Lassie Thompson. So yep. I will reward you guys because Lassie Thompson, I'm starting to think that maybe he's getting a bit of an edge over JVD only because, not because his play is leaps and bounds better but dj smith is trusting him in more scenarios and he's getting that big ice time like jbd um i don't think it was that often that he was getting like 22 23 uh minutes a night whereas lassie thompson it's been steady this whole time and say what you want about that pass uh i'm not usually a fan of firing a wrist shot as a pass uh halfway up up a guy's leg but when you're, when you're doing it to the best to ever lace him up, you can expect that he's going to knock that down, do a spinorama and whip it in and it's going to go in. So I think Lassie Thompson played a really great game and to see these young defensemen being able to step up and come to the NHL and have their coaches trust is a big deal for this team and for Lassie. So I want to give a big shout out to Lassie Thompson because I've really liked what how he's done. And it's nice that the Sens have kind of been flip-flopping, giving them opportunities. So no one gets kind of too cold or no one gets left aside. Lassie's making the most of his opportunity here. So his career high in ice time was 23 minutes and 27 seconds against the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday. Today, he played 27 minutes and about, what, four seconds, three, in fact. So before yesterday, before last game, this would have been a career high. But now back-to-back games, Lassie Thompson up over 23 minutes. Great choice. Pilsy, who do you have? Martian as your Send Central standout. Yeah, I'm not Pilsy. I'm Martian. I have, uh, he was just complimenting me, Martian. Can you let me have it for a second here? Jeez. <laughs> uh, yes, I can. And uh, my guy is a guy who made his debut tonight for the Ottawa Senators, and that is Mark Castellan. Stick taps for Casty. Friend Talking of the about show. Birthdays. Friend of the show. When I saw the interview, by the way, if you guys today. haven't checked it out. No, haven't. Got to. Um, it's his dad's <laughs> birthday as well. As we saw on Elite Prospects, crazy enough. But talk about a birthday gift for his dad, getting to see his son play his first NHL game. What do you give us a little nugget from the interview? 
I don't remember what you're talking about. <laughs> what nugget are you talking about? You said that Castlex was a great interview. So what do you? Well, yeah, us? I just remember enjoying it. You know, he was. Oh, in the our interview. Yeah, I took the dog out of intermission. I thought as a first game sometimes. No, 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 no. Sorry, misunderstanding your communication. I'm yeah. talking All about right. the Locked On Senators interview that he did uh, earlier this season, I believe, while he was in Belleville in the uh, you know I think he was in the CAA arena. He was, so. he was. Hey, and shout out the Belleville Sens and Footy. They actually put that footy. out on their Instagram yep. story. He gave us a little tag. So yeah, no, Casty well, was awesome on with us and. I had no idea. You just think of him as a big Western kid, right? Played for the Calgary Hitmen. And you're like, wait, you're from Scottsdale? Like, you grew up in Arizona. Yeah, weird, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is weird. I actually forgot that he was from Arizona. That was a nugget from the interview that you guys had, right? There so, you go. Okay, let's not get too off track, though, because this is my standout, all right? All so let right. me have my moment here. Uh, Mark Kosselik had... Guess okay, no, without looking. Did you guys look at what his ice time was tonight? Yeah, I got it right in front of me. I did. Okay, yeah. sorry. Well, it's extremely low yeah. considering his impact. And I feel like this is a theme for my standouts, guys with low ice time who have good impact. And he only had uh six minutes and twenty-two seconds of ice time. Yep. So obviously uh not a ton of ice time. And I think he was he was really, really good on the four check with the ice time that he was given. Three him hits. And, him and sock a lot, yeah, and he was playing the body um him and Sokolov early were a total headache for the defense core of of uh you know of who were they playing tonight boys <laughs> What's the yeah no but seriously uh the um you know he was he was incredible he, he was just like all over the ice he ch- throwing the body and yep. as we know as you told me earlier today on twitter ross you know he can he can throw the knuckles too if he wants to so <laughs> He was uh, he was tough out there, and uh, it was it was uh, it was good to see a guy you know make a debut and have an impact. And and even the people on the broadcast, Gary Galley was noticing how uh, how he was making an impact out there too. So I'm going with Castellick. I like that a little shine for a rookie in his first NHL game. Mitchell telling me I should check out the Locked On Senators podcast. Some great interviews we hear that they have. So I will do that. I'll take your advice, <laughs> Mitchell, and uh, maybe I'll go listen to that Casty interview this afternoon. Stick taps for him as he makes his National Hockey League debut. I'm debating between two guys, and I think I'm just going to shout them both out because, well, I'm the host. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to give it to both Brady Kachuk and Alex Formanton for similar reasons. They were both a pain in the ass today, not only finishing every check, but getting in the face of the opposition. Brady had a great play where he flattened a defenseman right out front of the net, and both of them were putting pucks on net. How about Brady trying to copy his brother? Now, he wasn't as far out as Matthew was in that game against Nashville where he scored the winner with like a second left from the hash marks. He was a little bit closer, but he puts this puck right between his legs, tried to go upstairs, and he had multiple scoring chance in this game. Seven shots on goal. So now, yeah, a 12-game goalless drought does not look great for Brady Kachuk, but when you look at the offense he's producing, it's It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The way he's shooting the puck, what is that now? 22 shots in his last two games? (laughs) Mm, That's a quick math guy for me. I'm going to have to take a look here. Sorry, it's it's 21 because he had 12 last game. Guys, like that that's a lot of shots for a guy. And they're they're yeah. all in like in the goal mouth area, right? And that one Thir- between the legs. 36 shots in his last six games. Wow. Jesus. That's a that's a ton of shots. That's a team's worth of shots, basically. Yeah. He, you know, he he's he's all over it. 
he's he's uh he's making it happen for sure that one between the legs though yeah you could kind of tell i like how he doesn't force it like that's that was a good time to do it it wasn't like oh i'm gonna do this because this is what us kachucks do like we love this move we practice it in our driveway in st louis as kids all the time (laughs) it was you know it was it was the puck was behind him he had nothing else he could have done with it and he got good wood on it and uh, there he was again, John Gibson, right? So, oh, I, man. Uh, Pillsy, I'm not going to ask you to pick between both of them, but how excited are you to see both Brady Kachuk and Alex Formanton one day play in the playoffs? Like, as much as we say, like, wait till Bra- playoff Brady, like, Alex Formanton is just as much of a prick as Brady, if not more. He was mixing it up every whistle. He was out on the ice. Prick. I oh. think that he, he was one of the reasons why that Brown – and uh, and Robinson fight happened. He was mixing it up the shift before in front of the net. I think tempers started to heat up, and then away they go. Yeah, Formanton's a gritty guy. Like for a guy with uh, his hands and speed, you wouldn't expect it. But scrums come along, and uh, someone says the wrong thing at the wrong time. He doesn't like it. He'll let you know, and maybe he doesn't throw down fists or anything. But he's definitely chippy, and he's not uh, not afraid to mix it up. That's for sure. Nice. There it is. All right. So now we've got a Senators win two to one. Now let's get the opposition's glance on this one. We welcome in Jason Hernandez from Locked On Ducks. We'll see if we can get the video on there, Jason. It's dark over in Anaheim. Holy. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, for a midday game, man. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. What were your uh, thoughts on tonight or this afternoon, this morning, whatever you want to call it, game out in the uh, West Coast? I'm sad the video's not working because I got a little surprise for you guys. I don't know if you could see on the background. Is it no, a Derek Grant jersey? It. We can't see it all. Jacob uh, there's, Silver, perhaps? There's a Sens jersey in the background. Hey. I knew I'd be coming on. Come on. So, I mean, I've got to at this point, right? Let's see if we can get it to work now. I don't know why it's <laughs> showing up black. Oh, it's all why. good, Jason. We're going to post this audio as well. So let's just chat it out, man. <laughs> your, your team just won. They just beat the Habs as well. Did I read? I think they're like 8-1-2 and two against the Atlantic Division. What's yes, they are. What's causing this success? I mean, part of it is the All-Stars are overperforming. I will admit they are overperforming a little bit right now. Because going into this season, we didn't think the Ducks would be in first place. We didn't think they'd be in the playoffs. Huh. I'll admit I had them in the cellar. They had no business being in first place. First place. Look at the standings. I can't believe it. But part of it is um, the special team schemes have fared better against Eastern Conference teams, not just Atlantic. Eastern Conference teams in general, where special teams have been out of the mind. And we got to get up to John Gibson, the ultimate penalty killer. The Ducks right now are still one of the top 10 teams, top five teams rather, in penalty killing and still top 10 in power play. So it's been all about special teams right now. Hey, they look, they look good. They look, I mean, I got the dog barking. It's unbelievable right now. But, man, I wasn't even mad watching that game. You see it, yeah. and it's right down to the wire, empty net. And the Sens have had a lot of those recently where it's a one-goal game, and then if it's multi-goal, it was because that team hit the empty netter and, and made it such a little puck line Jesus. But I think if you're a Sens fan, and Martian, I want to go to you here because I'm curious about – you mentioned Adam Gaudet earlier in this game, but, like, I think it was the other unsung heroes, and I know you shouted out both Kaslich and Igor Sokolov as well. Who was an, another guy? Was there other guys on this team here today that really caught your attention? Because I'm looking at one stat in particular here, and I'm wondering if you're going to pick it up there. 
I have no idea what the stat is that you're thinking of. Yeah, I beat and around I, the bush there pretty and good. I but and I, do not, I don't think that I'm going to be able to get it. But I, I can't believe we made it this far without mentioning Tyler Ennis tonight. Yep. We, we got to. And shout out Jason Hernandez joining us. Uh, that was fun to have him on, but we got to get the video working if he's coming back. So I think we'll leave it at that for today with him. I want to get some final thoughts on both of you, but the stat I was trying to poke you in the right direction to is Tim Stutzla oh, once again. Face off. No, no. Kaslik was 3-0. and okay. Tim Stutzla 0-2 in the face-off dot. But Tim Stutzla did play 24 minutes. Yeah. And 43 seconds. This I, guy, he's clearly getting the rigors of a first line center right now. Hell yeah, he is. And he should be. He, man, he, Stutzel is, is one of those guys now all of a sudden where you look at him and he can take over a shift with his play, with his puck handling, uh, with his stick handling, you know, with the, with his passing ability and his speed. And people give him respect when he's on the ice because they know that he's going to make them look stupid if they don't. So it's really nice to see him getting that around the league. And as far as like, you know, rookies and like young players go, 20-year-old players, um, I, I I hardly noticed – I'm sorry, Jason. I hardly noticed Trevor Zegers tonight beyond that first Thank period, uh, yeah. you know, busting through the middle the way he did. His Very similar to Stussel in the way he busts through like that with those that hands and those speeds. So um, I was really impressed with how – like, and that's another, you know, 2020 World Junior matchup that we saw. <laughs> Those two guys are going head to head against each other and and battling it out for the top point. Oh getter. yeah, because Dutsa won best forward, but Zegers won MVP. Yeah, we yeah. saw the, we saw the same thing last week when Dylan Cousins uh, was playing as the Sens. Stutzel and Cousins were going at it, and Stutzel wants that. He's engaged with those guys his own age, and that's just one of those things that tells you as he matures and as the league gets younger around him, because he's going to continue to get older. Um, he's gonna he's just gonna only get better. Um, didn't mean to throw shade at Zegris. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, that's what a right. way to hop in, eh? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Zegris didn't play that many minutes at the end where for some reason the coaching staff, they've been doing that this season in general is they're playing him less and less as the game goes on on some games. The last game that didn't happen because Ryan Getzloff was injured for 50 minutes of the game. So Zegris had to play heavy minutes on Thursday night against Montreal. So I don't know if it's minutes protection or what, but maybe that's part of it. And thanks, Kevin, for the for the message. Oh yeah, on that. Kevin's a beauty. Kevin. Yeah, so Jason, what's the what's the story behind the Sens jersey? What's going on there? We we love it, but there's got to be some sort of connection here. It's my favorite of all the Sens jerseys. It's probably okay. one of the best best can see. I'm trying to get all 32 eventually. Nice. And for my money, that's one of the best ones. All right. So, I like nice. that, but also. I mean, you guys have probably one of the best jerseys of all time in your history. I want to get your take as a Ducks fan. I don't talk to Ducks fans very often, Jason, if you couldn't <laughs> tell. So I want you to let me know what you think about the, you know, the the uh, jade and eggplant. Like, where's that at? Best ones. Oh, far, far better than the ones they have right now. The jersey they wore today, you know. <laughs> mm, yeah. Not that good. Uh, but <laughs> if I can go back on one thing that kind of caught my eye. Shot attempts in the final two periods were abysmal for the Ducks. They were out shot attempted 74, sorry, 74-38 in the game, 58 to 17 in the final two periods. I'll I'll come out and say it. The Ducks had no business winning this game. Yeah. None. It was all about John Gibson on this game. And maybe Troy Terry a little bit, but Gibby is showing why he's an all-star and kind of shutting up the doubters right now. 
yeah, Gibson definitely was the the main factor for that win for you guys. But Jason, let's hear as a outside perspective here, watching the Sens, you don't get to see them that often. Who really right. stood out to you? I mean, we already talked about Stutzla, so I'll, I'll take the low hanging fruit away from you there. But who who else <laughs> really stood uh, stood out for you from the Sens watching this one? Because that was my number one guy. Stutzla, I think, is a fantastic young player. Ottawa should be looking good in their future. Uh, Brady Kachuk. You didn't Brady even get Kachuk. to see the other two guys that we have. Uh, yeah, we have I know. <laughs> I know. I wanted to see them play. Stupid Arundel. Um, Brady. As as a SoCal guy and having seen Dell played a lot, don't like him. So Brady Kachuk Good is team. one guy that stood out for me. I think Kachuk played pretty aggressively today. Got some good hits on a couple of ducks, which I'll give Kachuk credit for, is he's always been one of those guys that's been on the thorn of several teams. And he stood out to me a lot on this morning's game. Stutzla, obviously, but Kachuk is my second choice on that one. And also, Tyler Ennis. That was a pretty nice goal that he had. He's had a heater. He is, I mean, he's, he stood out to me as well. Oh, yeah, and we got to get, get the TSN music out. da na no, no, no. Aaron Dell on waivers as we bring him up for the last time ever on this show. This week has had way too much Aaron Dell pills. Waivers. I'll be, surpri- I'll be surprised oh, if, he's, if he finds his way back in the NHL at all. Like, who's going to pick up a guy who's got a three Buffalo had Buffalo. no goalies available, and they decided to waive him. Like, I know Anderson's going back, but, like, they are desperate, and they decided we're better off without him. Yeah, but how is he going to serve a pending three-game suspension when he's... Who cares? He can retire with a with a yeah, pending suspension. Arizona. Jamie McLennan retired it with a suspension. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of a beauty move, but I don't think I think Jamie <laughs> I think Jamie McLennan's a way big beauty, way bigger beauty than Aaron. Oh does. yeah. Yes. Give him to the give him to the Coyotes. They have half a goalie right now anyway. Honestly, yeah. yeah. No doubt. So, uh, final question for you, Jason, is yeah. like what what's the play for the Ducks? Like, are they going playoffs this year? I know the Pacific Division's pretty wide open. Honestly, they weren't thinking that earlier. Now that they're on this aggressive GM search. And the rumor is that they will be buyers because they're in first place and they're kind of fast forwarding the rebuilding process right now. Hey, if if you have a shot at the playoffs, you take that shot because all you need is a chip in a chair to get in the playoffs and you never know. Especially when you got a goalie like Gibson, like you always have a chance with him, right? SoCal knows this very well. 10 years ago, Jonathan Quick willed that Kings team to the 2012 Stanley cup final mm-hmm. and John Gibson is kind of heating up right now. So there's no reason that the ducks shouldn't have a pretty deep run. And at least at the very least be a tough out in the playoffs. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. Like going for it when you make the playoffs, but do you get concerned at all that maybe that, you know, buying and, and giving up assets or pro- probably picks and prospects, I'm guessing for something that's going to push them over the top is going to, for lack of a better term, F with the rebuild? Well, it depends on who the GM is going to be, honestly, because there are a couple of expiring contracts also. Manson's one of them, Raquel's one of them. So the Ducks could possibly move to get some picks for those assets while at the same time getting a couple of players and take on a couple of contracts because the advantage the Ducks have over several other teams is they're in first place and they have a ton of cap space. Yeah, so that's a rare sight. Yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll see who the GM is soon. Man, we enjoy watching the Ducks. They're a young, fun team. And Jamie Drysdale, certainly noticeable, yep. uh, both positive and negatively tonight in this game. Uh, he was the guy who Tyler Ennis spun right off of. But again, 
he played big minutes as a young defenseman. So we, we're looking forward to that conversation once Jake Sanderson gets there. The first two defensemen taken in that 2020 draft. There'll be a lot of fun back and forth with that over the years. In the meantime, though, anyone who wants to follow a team in first place, go give Locked On Ducks a listen. Jason Hernandez does a great job on that. Jason, thanks for joining us today, man. We'll do it again uh, down the road here as the uh, Ducks make their way to a playoff spot, which I'm impressed even just saying that out loud. I love that last comment, but Martian, could it be a repeat of 2007 where an own goal wins the cup? Wow. Hey, don't do our guy, Chris. Oh, wow. Oh, on that oh, note, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> on nice that note, Bye, get out Jason. Here. But we give him some stick taps. That was awesome. Yeah. This has been a great show. We certainly are not shy going longer on these. We started about 10, 12 minutes, and now the chat stays on fire, so we stay hanging out. Just guys being dudes on the postcast yeah. after a 2-1 loss in regulation. So if you're on the side, and I know we see it in the chat, of the Sens need one more top pick for them to really get this rebuild going. Well, this is the perfect tank game. You play well, you deserve to win, and you don't get a single point. But in terms of having fun watching this team, I certainly enjoyed today's effort. And then next will be Monday. we got lots to break down on Monday's Locked On Senators, including Tyler Boucher's debut with the 67s not necessarily going as planned. Remember I said to play conservative? I said it. Yeah, and shoulders seem to be quite the common denominator when it comes to young Senator stars going down with injuries. It absolutely sucks, but what doesn't is this continued stretch of hockey, hockey, hockey. The Senators will play Monday, they'll play Tuesday, and then we can take a deep breath for a week before going right back in the thick of things for 40-plus more games. Hope everyone has a great rest of their weekend. For at Laleem's Martian, and Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the postcast following a 2-1 Senators loss on home ice against the Anaheim Ducks.